Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See something really scary? You bet. Music, horror, art, politics, and overall badass. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio for real on Society 13 Networks. Radio. Uh, let's see, we've got today from Mutant Press, the band. Uh, we have Jerome T. Youngman coming on shortly. He is a very interesting dude. Been around in the music business for a long time. He's going to tell us all about it. I'm going to play some music and uh, from various albums of his. Currently, let's see now, upcoming shows. we got all kinds of things. We're going to be talking more about Jack Davis's uh, The Chop movie about a chop house and so much more, more of a gangster film. I uh, got to take part in that. Lots of fun. Blood on the Reel coming out soon from uh, Johnny Daggers and Dagger Vision Films. Uh, myself, Jack Thomas Smith, um, have been promoting it actually quite a bit. It's a great movie. I, I saw the screener and uh, then I saw the final cut and it's just, it's a lot of fun on the making of independent film. Great, great movie. Uh, put together so, I mean, just so cool. It's very cool. Good watch. That's Blood on the Reel from Johnny Daggers. Currently reading, let's see here. Got The Descent, or actually it's Descent by Tiffany A. Pan. This is a very large book. Um, about 700 pages, and I'm only about 200 pages in. Sorry, Tiffany, but it's been a long summer. I'm going to finish reading this, though, because it's really, really good. Uh, Descent by Tiffany A. Pan. Um, also reading back-to-back here, all kinds of stuff. The Demon of Brownsville Road, a Pittsburgh family's battle with evil in their home. And I met these people, uh, Bob Cranmer and... I did not meet Erica Manfred. I met Bob Cranmer and I believe it was his son that were at the horror realm. Um, but yeah, uh, this was... Ms. D read this book already and I'm, I'm currently reading it. And we're going to have them on the show at some point. But for now, um, it is uh, a mutant press type of show. 
but anyway, if you do happen to be in Pittsburgh, um, let's see, it's this Friday actually, which is tomorrow, uh, 10 p.m. and midnight, uh, Christine Starkey will be doing Knights of the Arcade at the Arcade Comedy Theater. Um, it's like a live D&D game. That sounds interesting. I've never been there myself, but that's something I'm going to look into. All right. Um, thanks, Christine Starkey. Hopefully people listen to this and head out to the uh, Knights of the Arcade at the Arcade Comedy Theater. Enjoy, folks. And uh, and uh, we'll get right back into uh, Mutant Press here. A couple minutes. Hang in there. Thanks for being there. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that glow here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> Okay, well, it's been a while. I've been trying to track down this guy who sent me some wonderful music. Um, finally, the elusive Jerome T. Youngman. How are you, sir? Uh, I have mercy. I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much for, for <laughs> your attention here. Well, you're the, you're the man behind Mutant Press, and I, I'm just amazed by the style. I get this really cool press kit in the mail. I get two free CDs, and I promise I'll be buying one. Um, and uh, stickers and, p- and pins, like, very old school. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm, I've been playing Mutant Press a lot, and we, we all love it here. Well, it's fabulous. It makes my, my jet black heart kick. <laughs> now, you, you've been around a while, right? Um, it's hard to believe how long I've been around. <laughs> okay. But always under the guise of Mutant Press, or were you in other bands? Um, I, I started playing drums when I was seven years old. Okay. And I think my first, my first actual band was when I was 12, and this is like... Oh, I don't want to date myself, although probably everybody knows that I'm old as the hills here. Uh, listen, that's everybody that listens to the show. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say well, that. Yeah. I'm grateful to be alive, and that's, that's one thing. Yes. yes. Um, most of the people in my generation, Ramon, Stooges, Robert Palmer, 
were dropping in their 60s. Yeah, yeah, that's true. In the old days, people used to last till 60 or 70s. So, uh, so I'm doing a little better than that, but what the heck, just trying to stay amused and occupied here. Yeah, well, you definitely are doing that. Um, yeah, we, uh, I've played lots of songs by you. Uh, do you have a favorite of your albums? I know there's quite a few to, to choose from. Oh, my God. Um, actually, I think they're 18. Oh, my God. Uh, and I, uh, I, I think I sent you the new song, which is called The Wrong Side of History, that I yeah. wrote a couple of months ago, and that, that's been getting airplay. But, but people ask, well, what CD did that come off of? And that's not on CD yet. Right. So what I've been doing in, in the past week... I need to create more music for another CD. Of course, the world is not banging at my door for another CD. Oh, I don't know and about I that. To, I mean, I have to be careful not to be writing the same song because the issues are the same. It's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But to me, it's also politics. And I, I don't need to be political, but unfortunately... Politics are governing our life, destroying our life, destroying the world. Uh, hence your song, uh, White Guys uh, in Suits. Uh, white Guys is, is who writes the rules that we don't need, but whose sole motivation is greed. Yes. I don't, I don't mean to be racist, and I'm not. We're all just people. But uh, America is coming out of the stereotype of the white middle class guy. I mean, Mitt Romney was the essence of that. So, and, and they used to be calling all the shots, and they're still calling the war machine shots, but I'm a white guy. I'm an old white guy. That's never been a part of my identity. But to me, I just love the fact that, quote-unquote, minorities are becoming a majority and kind of putting all the white guys in their in their place, and their place is just just standing in line with all the rest of us, you know, power of the people. Yeah, very... So I'm uh, rambling on. Forgive no, me. No, that's what... No, I, we, we need this stuff. It, you know, honestly, uh, very few people come on here and talk about what's behind their songs, and, and especially in a, a political manner. Um, that's very old school, and it, it has substance, uh, whereas, you know, a lot of the newer music, the, the YouTubians... Um, that just you know they they wrote something on their Casio and they you know get on YouTube and sing and it's it, it has no substance. Um, your stuff uh, it harkens back to a day where I used to go and buy a vinyl album and there was something to it. The lyrics made sense. It was interesting, but also fun. Your music is a lot really a good time. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, that's one of the motivations to try to keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially when you play live. The less I have to think about stuff, the more fun it is, plus it's more freedom to jump around or whatever you want to do there. Absolutely. Well, let's give them a taste now. Uh, what, what song would you like me to play first? Oh, Lord have mercy. I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there's a lot to choose from. I guess... Yeah. You... Oh, okay. Do you have Orphan Call, one of my favorite songs of all time? I certainly do. Welcome to the Orphan Club, and there's three different versions of that. Oh, really? Wow. I mean, they're all the same. 
same, but oh. just three different releases. So one off, uh, what's it called? Don't Mess With Mutant Press is the most rocky one. Okay, okay. Good to know. I think I have the one you sent me. So uh, that was off of uh, the latest, and then there's the uh, one before that, Jerome. Uh, what is it, Jerome? Bring it, to, bring it to Jerome. Bring it to Jerome. That used to be there in my TV show also, which is a Bo Diddley song that I stole. <laughs> well, all right, let's hear the Orphan Club, and we'll get right back with Jerome T. Youngman of Mutant Press. Okay, very cool. Cool. the Orphan Club, and uh, with me right now I have uh, Mr. Mutant Press himself, uh, Jerome T. Youngman. I have to ask you, sir, how did you find us? Because you did find us. Did I find you or yeah. did you find me? <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe it was on Twitter, but all of a sudden I, I had uh, your name and a couple of uh, songs in my emails, which is like, the, that's Christmas for me. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. We must have mutual friends somewhere. Hey, sometimes all the above. That's all I'm going to say. Um, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, well, all right. So we're, you you have opened for some amazing acts. You showed me this list. I can't even begin. But since you've been around, are there, is there a memorable story, a band you opened up for back in the day that that broke, that everybody might know right now, or still relevant? Well... 
I want to say a name, but I'm leaving it up to you. Oh, okay. Well, I could probably the first famous person I, I knew that they weren't famous at the time. Okay. Was Ted Nugent. I went to elementary school with Ted Nugent. Oh my god. <laughs> he, he, at Cook Elementary, Detroit, Michigan, Rosedale Park. He was two years older than I. Uh, no big deal, but back in the old days, and I guess this was pretty deal, everybody and their brother was not a musician. It was kind of an unusual thing to be a musician. Okay. So he and I were about maybe two of eight people for Cook Elementary and Junior High School. That was no big deal. We kind of had different shows together. And then his parents moved to Chicago. My parents moved to Kalamazoo. And a couple of years later, the first Game Boy Duke album comes out. And Yeah, we had, I don't know, we had some kind of interference there. But we, well, that was a cell phone. I don't know how the coverage is, though. Well, you were talking about Ted Nugent. Okay, fuck Ted Nugent. <laughs> Anyhow, he was one of the first famous people I knew. Um, when I was 21, I moved to Hollywood. I uh, was managed by the guy who managed um, Van Halen and a band that became Wall of Voodoo. Um, met Sherman Hemsley. Jeez. I sold reefer to Sherman Hemsley, set up waterbeds. I worked for International Waterbeds in Hollywood, California. It was my first real job. I set up waterbeds for Richard Pryor, who insisted that we do tons of cocaine and drink lots of wine. Did that happen? Yeah. Um, I mean, no biggie. It's kind of hard for the course. Yeah, and I know it. that you know what everybody calls me when I tell them not to. I apologize. I hung up on you by mistake. Right when you're talking about Richard Pryor and tons of coke. Uh, okay, well you're the guy that's gonna have to edit this. <laughs> um, assuming there is such a thing. Yeah, there is. Uh, okay, well I feel pretentious talking. I'd rather not do that, but I guess that's why I'm here live. Yes. Uh, my, my band in New York was called Hooks. We were the only American band signed to an agency called ITT, International Talent Group, ITG, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, the other bands that were signed were Duran Duran, King Crimson, Killing Joke, yeah. David Bowie. Um, Man. So, so I never met Bowie, but we traveled with Duran Duran. That's what I was going to ask you about. They, they came over in 81. Uh, their song Girls on Film was huge in Europe, but nobody ever heard of them in America. Mm. So for about a year, we went from New York City to Boston, down to Miami, to Philadelphia, as their opening act. You know, playing clubs, medium-sized clubs like the Ritz, about yep. 1,500, 2,000. I'm trying to think of the South Philly clubs. It's been so long, about 30 years here. So, uh, I played in Boston a couple times. You know, no big deal. Uh-huh. Uh, but, um, yeah, but Duran Duran, what were they like at that time? Did you actually hang out? I, oh, we hung out for sure. Yeah. I thought they were a disco band. <laughs> uh, uh, we were just a straight-ahead straight rock band, and I mm. guess kind of like 
Ramones, but we had a female vocalist, so it kind of Blondie and Ramones. They had all this sequence stuff. <laughs> and it was actually very good music, but I thought it was like really lightweight. Yeah. Plus back then was this whole fashion thing called the New Romantics, so everybody's wearing all these blousey shirts and baggy pants and headbands. <laughs> Instead of just, you know, blue jeans and tight black pants and whatever, and right. of course I don't really care. <laughs> Another thing from that era was I did two videos with Madonna. Oh my, you gotta when, be nobody, when nobody knew who Madonna was, we <laughs> rehearsed at a place called the Music Building on 38th Street, and we owned the seventh floor, and Madonna lived on the sixth floor with her girlfriend, Camille. And our equipment guys, who when we were not touring, would kind of farm their services out. So they worked with Lenny Kay from Patti Smith and mm. guys from television. Unbelievable. And Madonna was one of these. And Madonna, great, who's Madonna? She was doing the disco stuff in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. But one day our equipment guy said, Madonna wants to know if me, my drummer, and the bass player for Hooks would do the Uncle Floyd show with her, which was a local uh, New Jersey cable TV show. I remember that, yeah. I'm from Long Island, okay. so yeah, I do remember that. Okay, so I said, yeah, sure. So I went down there, and we wrote two songs, and I remember I was kind of making fun of her, because she, she was like disco, and we were just totally straight ahead. And we wrote the songs, you know, kind of like, and to that. Dancing. I mean, really standard, just dance music. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was making fun of her, like, oh, it's disco. She looked at me. That was no big deal. But later on, as she became famous, she said, boy, you got it. You can't fake the funk. She told me I couldn't fake the funk. That's nice. Which, which meant she approved of what I was doing, which <laughs> I didn't really care at the time. Um, so anyhow, a week or two later, we drove to New Jersey, did the two songs on Uncle Floyd, and Hooks had already been on Uncle Floyd. Man, I would love to see this. You don't have that like an old VHS or anything, do you? Oh, man. I mean, I'm in touch with the people from New York. Yeah. I mean, a couple guys from the band have died since then. Mm. Sorry to hear that. Um, there was a really cool thing on NBC also. Uh, NBC National News interviewed us. And this is probably, oh, 82. And the phenomena, the focus of the story was the music building, this building in central Manhattan where all the, the rooms were being rented for bands. Okay, but it was also in the heart of the garment district. So the story was so fabulous. They opened with this really ethnic kind of Eastern European woman sitting at her sewing machine. She goes, every day it's the same thing. It goes, boom, boom, boom. And then, and then they cut to us. And our first 45 was lipstick on your collar by Connie Francis. Wow. So it was just oh, a funny, funny thing. <laughs> That was on national news, you know, NBC. Here's the phenomenon, all these cracked punk rockers in Manhattan. <laughs>
<laughs> Fantastic. Jeez. I mean, yeah, you're not kidding around. Absolutely. So you played the Ritz in New York as well. I, I, I used to frequent there. Uh, I saw the Ramones there while they were all still alive. Uh, yeah, wow. manager was good. Jerry Brandt, he's still alive. Jeez. I was going to ask you, have you have you written this down? I have a, I started my autobiography okay. in, 11, in 11th grade, <laughs> and I, I, it's not published, and every time, and I'm going to tell you the title, and it, it's copywritten, okay. so somebody tries to rip it off, and I, I've not published it, and every time I get close... There's complications or I need to do my new music or I move to another city or some crap. Yeah. Okay, check it out. My autobiography, Jerome T. Youngman, is called I Smoked the Carnation I Wore to the Senior Class Prom. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> what else could Which I say? True. Well, I, is true. I had a feeling that that was true. I, I'm not doubting you. <laughs> And so, how are you trying to get this published? Or are you just waiting to finish? I need to, no. I finished. I mean, yeah. of course, every time I think, "Oh yeah, okay," and now I'm in Hollywood, California again. Mm. And then five years later, okay, well now I'm not in Hollywood. I'm in Austin, Texas. Keeping Austin weird. I mean, there's adventures. I mean, my life doesn't quit. It's I good. mean, it will. Yeah, but. So, but I would love some assistance with that. Well, I would. Of course, everybody's got a program. They'll sell you and you register with this, and for so much a month, yeah. promote it. Oh yeah, yeah. And so anti-commercial. I'm I, yeah. I'm familiar with the ins and outs of that. Trust me. Uh, I'm published several times over now, and yeah, it's been an interesting ride for me. Positive. I'm gonna knock on wood, but I, I've seen the ugliness. Right. And the ugliness is pig capitalism, yes. which is the essence of America. And of course, you know, do what you got to do. I hope you don't eat the poor, you know, and I as just, you're doing it. Yeah, I just, I don't like all the hands in, you know, everybody's got their hand in. I mean, it just, uh, it, you can't trust anyone. I mean, I just had an issue with a contractor that I'd love to burn on radio right now, but I'm not going to do that because I'm not that guy. But, um, right. yeah, you know, but back to the music. What Now, currently, you just told me something interesting off-air. A lot of good conversations happen off-air when, when we do this show. Um, you said you work, you had seven new drum beats that's going to force you to create seven new songs. Is that right? Yes. So you develop these beats. I love that you, so you base your songs around the beat. I, I think that's awesome. Not everybody does that. You know, some, sometimes you can do with a guitar or girl with a piano. But you're starting with a beat, and that's to me old school because at least you're still thinking about moving people around a little bit. Well, I guess I create different music for different reasons. Okay. Um, I think since I was very, very young, I've had this like four, four, probably about one twenty-four BPMs, four-four beat with a Chuck Berry rhythm guitar going in my head, like. Mm. I mean, always. I just can't get it out of my head. Well, there's a thing that that's what's missing right now, and I talk about it on the show a lot. Rhythm and groove and bass com com combined. There's a lot of elements missing in new music. I listen to a lot of new metal, 
and it's just not getting me there like it used to. Um, I, I hate to say that, but and even new rap, few and far between that I'll actually dig these days. Um, there's there's a groove missing. Well, when everybody can do it, when you could buy the beats yeah. at the drugstore on, on a loop and or download them for free on the internet, yeah. when everybody can do it. What makes one better than another? Yes. And there'll be different answers to that. But at the very least, it's more difficult because you get lost in the shuffle. Um, even if you have something fabulous, if some producer is going to review it, mm-hmm. probably every every single day he's probably got a hundred new things sitting on his desk, his or her desk. Okay, how many hours in the day are there? And the next day, there's going to be another hundred sitting there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. You know, so, so, so hopefully, integrity is something unto itself. Creativity and integrity. Indeed. But most people wouldn't agree with that. But to me, mm. as soon as you create something, to me, it's like, oh yeah, okay, I'm finished with that. But then when somebody says, well, what CD is it on? What kind of music is it? Mm. As, soon as, as soon as I have to market it, that's a whole different job from having to just, wow, I'm going to create this thing here. Right, right. I totally understand that. Well, let's give them another uh, little bit of uh, mutant press right now. I think we need to do uh, white guys in suits. Just just to prove my the beat-worthiness of your your songwriting. How do you feel about that? I think that's fabulous. And I think the version you have is featuring Phil Cohen on drums. That The heavy weasel, the bass player, he passed a year and a half ago. I'm sorry to hear that. And it's getting boring talking about all my buddies that died. Another quick one about the Orphan Club. Yeah. You know who the fugs are? You know who the fugs are? Uh, I, you're talking about... Uh... CBGB? New York City Poets, Allen Ginsberg. Right. I, I thought you were going to Max's Kansas City or something. Well, anyhow, I was good friends with a bunch of them. Yeah. Cooley died about three years ago. But when my parents died, and I buried both of them, they died within a year of each other, mm. Cooley sent me an email and said, well, how's it going? And I just wrote back and told him a couple things. that My parents, that my mom died. And his response was, welcome to the Orphan Club. Wow. Okay, so that was my impetus to write the song and the right, I think I probably already had the music, but, oh, welcome to the Orphan Club, right. So like a Mickey, a decadent Mickey Mouse Club for dead people. It doesn't get deeper than that, I'm I'm afraid. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Okay, so yeah. Sorry, everybody. No, no, that's all right. I, no. I, I used to think I was a quiet person, but then when somebody gets me, winds me up, it's hard to shut me up. So. I'm with you. I'm with you. Lo siento mucho. I'm with you. Well, well, you know what? We'll just uh, we'll knock them dead with a little bit of a uh, white guys in suits. I think it should put a smile back on their face. What do you think? Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> if, if anything, if anything, it's, it's going to make you stomp your foot. Um, I, I just dig this song, and uh, we've played it once already. And uh, we'll get back to you. This is our last break, and we're going to finish things off with Jerome T. Youngman. And 
man, you are an interesting dude, and I knew you were. I knew when we kept missing each other that I was missing something good. Okay. Yeah. Out of the people. Out of the people. Out of the people. We'll be right back with Kettle Whistle Radio. Okay.
are back with Mutant Press's Jerome T. Youngman. That and you just heard a, a second song, and you've heard it before on these airwaves. White guys in suits. I love the song. It's fun. Um, has a message, which is also important. And once again, off air, we have proven <laughs> that more interesting conversations take place. Uh, Jerome, what were you talking about? <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh Lord, it's the same thing. Um, well, you had mentioned. Wondering about which CD I would recommend, mm-hmm. and I think I mentioned that it was easy and a joy to create things. But then, as soon as I have to market it, it turns it into a, a different type of job. Mm. Okay, so throughout the years, I've been trying to develop my capitalist instincts, which I'm really not too good at. But a story that comes to mind, okay, so support the arts. The thing that I'm comfortable with is, if I look at it like support the arts, that's comfortable as mm-hmm. opposed to give me your money for my CD. Okay, the dumb story that what goes with this was before we moved to California, I mean, to Texas, Newton Press was playing uh, Orange County. We were living in Long Beach. And one of the bands that we kept playing with was the Chuck Glagowski Sextet. And Chuck was the bass player for Black Flag. Fantastic. Okay, and he and I became very good friends. And first of all, I was like questioning how come there's only four people in the Sextet? <laughs> and I guess they thought I was stupid, so we became buddies. And about, actually, no, actually the first show that we actually played with them, Mutant Press, our drummer, who was just a huge, his name was Steve McCormick, a huge Black Flag fan, just, you know, extended his hands and says, hey man, and they shook hands. And Chuck's comment was, oh, because Meat and Press had a new CD. Meat and Press always has new CDs. I noticed that. Chuck's com- <laughs> okay, Chuck's comment was, yeah, we have a new CD. It's $10. <laughs> the first thing he said was, it's $10. And Steve whipped out ten dollars and just handed it to him and grabbed the CD. Mm. And I kind of said, "Dude, I mean, later on I questioned. I mean, I mean, when somebody I talk about a CD, I talk about well, it's kind of rock and roll, or it's it's this or it's that, or the motivation was this and that. And sooner or later, I guess I would get around to, well, if you want to buy one, it's ten dollars. But that's the first thing this guy said. Yeah, I'm cool. I have a reputation. I have a new CD." It's ten dollars. Hmm. So maybe that's stupid, but to me that—I mean, I don't know what that did. That, well, that was an entirely different perspective. Definitely, I, what I. Yeah, your approach was: uh, you contacted me, and like I said, you sent me CD. You said pick two, and eventually maybe buy one down the road. And I'm all about buying my art. Um, I, I, I grew up in a generation like you did where people paid for their art. If somebody belts it out, I mean, if you want to give out a promotional item, fantastic, do that. But I think there should be a give and take. That person should, you know, be dedicated to follow you a little bit and find something else along the way and support you, you know, whether it's doing this radio show or buying a, an album, which I'll be doing, trust me, uh, which you're supposed to tell me my next one, the choice should be. <laughs> hey, you know, it's funny. I punched Mutant Press into eBay last week. Okay. And about ten different things came up. <laughs> ten different. 
the mutant brush items, CDs, buttons, various things that were for sale all around the world. Oh, my God. And none of them had anything to do with me. Whoa. That's frightening. Okay. Okay, so it's like, the first thing is, wow, cool, look, there I am. There I am. Look, there's my picture. There's my face. And it's flattery. I mean, me and Precious has been around for 25 goddamn years. Um, but then an, an afterthought is like, hey, wait a minute, man. If you get 10 bucks for that, I mean, it cost me $2.13 to make it. You know, get, give me $3. Yeah. And again, I, I have to develop my capitalist tendencies here. So, <laughs> anyhow, one of my favorite Mutant Press albums is Don't Mess with Mutant Press. It was the first Texas Mutant Press album. Kind okay. of a slap in the face to Texas. I have a love and a hate, a love hate relationship with Texas. Interesting. Texas is so down home and comfortable. The weather is great, but the culture is just ass backwards of course all America is ass backwards but Texas is ass backwards amongst the ass backwards wow see I, I had family in Texas in Dallas for years I love visiting there but Austin I, I I had a blast there that's where you are right now right right we've been here almost eight years okay well, I have friends down there in a band, uh, a band that you might want to check out down the road because I played them with you on a show. Uh, they're called Yard pa Yard Panther, Yard Panther, based on their cat. And I got these wonderful stickers, and they send me music, and they do our outro too. But Yard Panther is a good little Austin act, and uh, they know a lot of a lot of musicians. What's that? Yeah, just bounced up, man. They just got it together. It's a three piece. Um, very uh grungy i don't even know what you'd call it it's just rock and roll you know uh f the two right. females uh, uh my friend erica on bass and sing and her her, her sister jess is guitarist and the drummer is dave askew who is pretty well known in the music community but yeah check out yard panther but i, I just okay. i straight i strayed from topic so texas is hot and cold for you well, it, it, it's hot as far as weather. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, it's a nice. Austin's a nice little town to live in. Mm -hmm. um, I've never lived anywhere where I've heard so much about how it used to be. Oh, I hate that. A as opposed to what it is, and it took me a couple of years to figure this out. Mm. And we played probably two hundred jobs here in the past seven years. Mm. And it had like 22 people in the band. Everybody, all the musicians in Austin play in multiple bands. Yeah, I noticed that too. So when you try to book a show, it's like a flip of the coin as to who's going to be available. <laughs> so that's a pain in the butt. But it is a joy to play out. Everything connected with it is a nightmare. Um, how is, how is the turnout? Didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I always ask musicians this now, young and old, um, or the in-between, like, how, do people, are people showing up at the, at the, the clubs these days? Well, the good and the bad are the same. Okay. Austin's downtown is like, I don't know, five or six square block area. Yeah, mm-hmm. It might have a hundred clubs. Okay, so wow, when you're trying to book your band, you gotta book it on the right night. I mean, is it blues night? Is it folk night? Is it punk night? Whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's not hard to book, but when somebody decides 
wanting to go out to the club, how come somebody's going to go see you at this club instead of one of the other 99 clubs? Hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, sounds like Seattle of old. <laughs> uh, boy, it's been a long time since they've been to Seattle. But, yeah. um, you know, so if you can consistently bring 20 to 30 people to your shows who are drinkers, mm-hmm. Emphasis on drinkers. Yeah. <laughs> Clubs will have you back all day long. I, you know what? I had a good experience with that. I had a book, book release party at a place right. called the Tiki Lounge, and it's a cool bar. My friend Todd Porter, who's in the Cheats, um, he DJed, and it's punk rock night, so I picked the right night. And they said, you know, I packed the place, and they were happy and would have me back because I brought a lot of drinkers with me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, success. Uh, that is not going to happen on a Wednesday night all the time. I, I know that for a fact. Right. You know, so, I mean, that's the challenge of musicianship, plus everything is saturated. I mean, my God, how much more music, how many more downloads, how many more apps, hmm. Yeah. how much more connectivity does somebody need? I mean, it just, when you're swimming in everything, to me, you're swimming in nothing. Interesting. No, you're 100% right. I, I, that's, I have a problem with that too. I mean, I don't even like downloading my music, but that's the way you gotta do it these days. I like having that CD still, uh, it's just a thing. Um, as far as new acts, are there any bands you're listening to currently? Oh, oh man. I guess I have so much music that's just in my brain. <laughs> when it's just totally quiet and peaceful, my brain is just jammed with music. So it's rare that I seek that I find something. I mean, I guess it's all good or it's all bad. Mm. Um, there's nothing that's jumped out at me for quite a long time, actually. Yeah, well, you you have for me. Um, you you jumped out as, as well as the band Yard Panther. I guess I guess my sights are back on Austin. It's been 20 years since I've been there, but I love the town. Um, but yeah, so you... I don't think I don't think they're still here. If they are, they're probably called something different. Uh, Yard wait, Yard Panther. Yeah. Yeah, they're there. They're brand new though. They they just started. You're, you Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can find them on Bandcamp right now, but um as far as playing around there, uh yeah, you're going to hear some more of them. I I I think I hope you do. I hope you do. Uh, they're friends of mine, like I said. But no, you uh you definitely have introduced me to some great music of yours. So you gave me something new and it re- rejuvenated at a time where I was really kind of I don't know. Uh, Kettle Radio, we get some great music. I've had some great musicians on here, but as far as finding stuff that for myself to go and buy or listen to or go to a club, it was getting a little weak there, um, a little dry spell, if you will. You know who I did have on here who you might be familiar with? Are you familiar with Ruby? Uh, the, the woman's name is Leslie Rankin. She was in the, her band and her were called Ruby, late 90s. City. Scotland, uh, Scotland. Uh, but they made. A, she used to play with K, KMFDM, uh, but she that was a refreshing show. <clears throat> Excuse me to have her on. Uh, just an interesting woman. I, I, I'm, I'm unaware of her. Well, that that was a nice little kick in the butt to have her on the show. Um, something to look into. Uh, she has a new one out too, and uh, her brother plays in uh, PIL, which is awesome. Um, and I'm well, I'm working on that one too. Let's just see what happens. You ever meet? Oh wait, did you you met the Cure? Didn't you play play open for the Cure? The Cure? Yeah, I thought you opened for the Cure. Um, okay, they were managed by the same people. This is okay. Eighty one, eighty. At that point, the Cure only consisted of two people. Uh huh. 
it, it was Robert. And Porl? And I, and I don't know him. Okay. And I want to say a bongo player. Maybe I'm wrong, but it was <laughs> when the first time they came to America, it was a two-person thing. Interesting. And we, and we did not open for them. We were management. Okay, area. that's what it was. I just remember that in your list of bands. Um, but that, yeah, so you, but you didn't get to meet them then? No, no, no. Uh, Adam and the Ants was another band. Oh, that's that huge. Was, yeah. We opened for them about three or four times. He was kind of a prick. The guy Marco, the guitar player for Adam, he was fabulous. He was a really cool guy. Yeah, I wondered about that. Drums. They had two drummers. That was a neat thing. That was real heavy. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only other band I know that did that was Ministry, and I loved them. Although, <laughs> Al. Oh, boy. Those guys were like just junked out in the, in Chicago in the back room or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, he, Al Jorgensen doesn't hide anything about his history. That's for certain. But, uh, so no other new music. Uh, you're just, uh, just kind of hanging in right there. There's nothing in your, uh, sights as far as new sounds. Well, like I said, I, I have to write seven new songs now. Yeah, you do. Um, you know, and I've got the beats. Some of these will start with a guitar lick. Some of them will start with, I don't know, where's the dumb synthesizer sound that I haven't used for a while. Okay. You know, sometimes you hook a couple machines together and they don't do what they're supposed to do, but they do something that's really weird and interesting. Mm-hmm. Or you just go back to, the, well, this is a blues song. I mean, my wife's accused me of writing the same song over and over and over and over. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, which I guess is true to some extent, but I, you... what is this I find, I'm sorry, I find that you mix it up pretty well. Like, just what you're saying, I like that you write that skeleton first and fill it in. That's a, I mean, that's a good, that's a, a writing skill. It's it, it just, a, and you could hear, apparently you can hear this music before you write it down, which I think is awesome. Well, you have to sort of visualize it. I mean, yeah. I guess I'm the composer, I'm the producer, I'm the, since I do everything. Yeah. I, I have to know what everybody else is doing. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that's awesome. Of course, of course, I have to fight being too predictable then. <laughs> too cliche. My, my reputation is that I'm a very weird guy. I'm very strange. My TV show lasted 14 years. That's still looping. Um, <laughs> and that's a whole other thing. I have almost all of them on, on DVD. Um, um, so I go, okay, my reputation is that I'm so weird. Anybody that knows me doesn't think I'm weird. I'm like probably the most logical, most conventional person you'll ever meet. I'm sold. But okay, but the, Eric Burden, the psychologist, what what's the challenge for a rational man in an irrational world? Okay, so that's kind of where I'm at here. Yeah, okay. You, I'm telling you, I, I can't wait to read this book. <laughs> uh, well, look, uh, thank you so much for your interest. Yes. Anybody who's interested in getting a CD. Yes, please. You can email me, mutantpress at juno.com. It's a dinosaur email address. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten bucks a CD, postage included. Uh, forgive me for for doing this but i guess that's what i'll pay for the next cd if anybody sends me 10 bucks 
That's exactly uh, how I put it. I said, I, I put that on Twitter. I said, you know, hipster dude, just lay down the dollar for the song and you might see another song from your favorite artist. You know, that's all. That works. I, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was, yeah, and, and Twitter. I want you to give them your Twitter too, because it's, it's been working for me. Okay, I gotta re-explore all this, but like I said, <laughs> okay. so many hours in the day. And... Gotcha. <laughs> All right, well, I'll plug your stuff on Twitter. We'll play the show on there, too. I'm at Fairly Dark, folks, as you know. Um, and this was Jerome T. Youngman of Mutant Press. I don't think this will be the last you'll hear of him on here unless he hates it. We'll find out. Um, but we're going to go out with another song, too. Um, I guess you don't really have a choice in that, in, in anything in particular? Um, that's your call. Okay. I'd just like to thank you once again. And my advice is be kind. Nice. Be kind to everyone, okay? Everyone is fighting a battle. Be kind. I like that. I like that. I I try. It's very difficult. Very difficult, but I I do I overcome. <laughs> Thanks again for doing the show and it I, you know, it was rough trying to get you on between our schedules, but here we did it. And uh I guess uh, I'm going to say goodnight and um God bless and you take care of yourself and be in touch. Okay, beautiful. Take care. Take care.
ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid. 